Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie. Patriots Against CPS Corruption invites you to attend our march for Texas children. DFPS has failed the families of Texas. The Texas Special Committee on DFPS has also failed to hear the parents and their children. Time to make our voices heard and surround yourself with those on the same mission as you. Join us on the march for our children September. September 21st, 2022, starting at 1 p.m. at 701 West 51st Street, Austin, Texas, 78751. I have a brand new guest on. Her name is Marineka Bowman. She is from Newcastle, Delaware. She is a mom of a five-year-old. When this child was three years old, the father decided to come back into their lives And in the beginning, only wanted to see his daughter for only two hours a week. The judge said something extremely odd. It will make it harder for you in the future to get full custody if you do this. However, now in 2021, he has sole physical custody of this child. The judge and the opposing attorney are both in collusion. Then... What has been going on is the mother has been calling DFS, which is also called CPS, and calling in allegations that the father has been shaving the daughter's head and part of her eyebrows off, as well as questionable child sexual abuse. All of this has gone ignored by mandated reporters in the school system. Because they're saying, well, it didn't happen here, so we're not going to report it. (laughs) However, they are mandated reporters. Now, this five-year-old is with this individual, and no one will listen to the mother. And the mother, unfortunately, all of this has actually turned against her. The abuse has been put back onto the mother. I welcome you to... Slam the gavel, Mary Nika Bowman. Thank you, Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh, glad to have you on. And where are you at right now with all of this? Um, where am I at? I don't even know. I speechless, hopeless, I guess, helpless in some ways. But you know, thanks to my family, they have been very um, supportive. Um, throughout this entire situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I could, how I would have done it without them at all. I wouldn't able to do it. Well, you're, you're fortunate to have such a support system. You know, how often do you, do you get to see your daughter? She can't, well, we have visitation. She comes every other week from Wednesday to one week, Wednesday to Friday from six to six Friday. I have to drop her off back. We did do the exchange at the visitation center. And the following week, I get her from Wednesday to Sunday, and I have to drop her back at four o'clock at the visitation center. Now, do you have to pay this visitation center anything? Yes, I have to pay every time I pick her up and every time I drop her off, I have to pay her, um, pay $4 to pick up and drop off. And what the fight is fighting for now, he wants me to visit at the visitation center um, which we're going to get to um, every other Sunday 
um, whatever time the visitation center allotted, whatever time they allot me. And I think that vis visit is going to be like $60 and $60 for every person that visit with me. So, so the, the, the father wants this done. Yes, that's what he's fighting for now. He don't want her to come. He don't want me to have no visitation. And actually the proposal that was made um, recently of September 7th is for, um, for me, that they wanted me to sign to have no contact whatsoever with her. So, but I didn't sign that. I'm not going to sign that. I told him nowhere I'm not going to sign that. Oh, exactly. I would, I would not sign that either. I'm so sorry you're going through this as well as your daughter. I've, I just, I just cannot, you know, a lot of people don't understand why, you know, when they are mandated reporters, why aren't they doing their job? Hmm. I mean, do they realize this could result in a lawsuit down the road? Hmm. Well, I don't know, but I, 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 I guess I know we were running with time. So um, let me just get right into the story. How this all started. Um, okay. Her dad and I uh, separated in 2018. So 2018, I think around January 2018, he left the house when she was um, two months. He went to work and um, never showed up back two days after with the um, police officers to move his stuff. Actually, there were 40, 40 police officers in my house that 40? night. 40? 40, Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. First stuff. Um, he left and um, never looked back, really never um, called to see how she was doing. If I got anything, you know, how we were making out, he did. He was not interested in none of that stuff. So, but my family, like I said, thank God for my family. They all stepped up in whatever way. I cannot compliment them and thank them enough. Cannot repay them. And also my friend, oh my God, that helped me with all these legal fees. And, you know, they help a lot with my daughter. Um, with her, you know, taking care of her because at the same time when he left, um, I was on disability because I was, uh, I got injured from my job being a police officer. Didn't get to the street. So that's another story by itself. I got injured the last day of the police academy. So I was home for a while with that injury. So I, you know, I was with her. But nevertheless, um, when she was about, I would say, two and a half to three years, I mm -hmm. wanted to go and see my dad, who was not doing too well. He was living in Antigua at the time. This was in 2019. And I asked him for, to get a passport for her. And he refused to sign the passport. So I went to the court with it for, um, you know, explaining to the situation that my father is not doing well and I need to go. You know, I want to go and see my dad. I want my dad to meet my daughter also. Um, and that just turned into a whole big mess, a whole big mess. That passport petition turned into custody. Mm. So I got a, I did not get the passport, even though I said that, you know, even though I present that he would not be paying for the passage, he would not be responsible for paying for the passport. You know, I laid all of that out. Um, I met the young lady who helped me with some paperwork, like to present to the court saying, you know, with, um, they have this thing named, oh my God. It's a law in place. I, 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 it just slipped my mind. Just 
the Hague law, sorry. The Hague law is in place to mm -hmm. protect children from abduction. So I presented that. I presented that Antigua is part of the Hague. Guyana, where I'm from, originally is part of the Hague law. So I mm -hmm. presented all of these things to um, the court. But the, the, his attorney made a big issue of this case because I said I wanted to go and see my father. My father never signed on my birth certificate, but I know who my father was from a, from a little kid. So she questioned my, she questioned my paternity. Um, the paternity, his attorney. She's saying that I don't even know if I really know my father. If that's really my father. She never, you know, she started making sarcastic mm -hmm. remarks like, um, "How do I know this person, my father, or, or do I really know my father?" She never seen a birth certificate without somebody um, name, father name missing. She just went from, you know, and the judge started asking me the same same question. I said, "I know that's my father." That's who I grew up knowing. That's my father. So mm -hmm. because of they were making this a whole big mess of the, the paternity and like trying, you know, and I felt, you know, that this would embarrass my mom in some way. I just, I just dropped that case. I just dropped that case. And also his, um, his attorney wanted 200 pictures of my, with 200 pictures of me and my dad. She asked for over two years of, um, messages with me and my dad which which I did present to that the attorney at the time that I had I gave him you know I print out all of them we were contact communicating via whatsapp but he felt the messages were too personal and he didn't want to present it so he told me that to drop the case and I was like I need a passport I need to go and see my father like I did all the legwork you get all the legwork done mm -hmm. for you the only thing I didn't have to present from what they were asking is for these pictures but at the time when I was growing up in Guyana Cameras is, camera was not as prevalent as the way it is now, right? Everybody didn't have cameras. Mm -hmm. We didn't. We barely had TV growing up in in Guyana at, at that time. Most as cam cameras. So for you to have somebody take your picture, you know, we had to organize with a photographer who would come to the house, you know, whatever day is available to take pictures. That's why we have pictures. So, but I did not have a lot of pictures. To, to show, but they, you know, this attorney had other things. My dad even went as far as to write a letter, had it notarized um, by the consulate, the consulate of Antigua, which is um, equivalent to a judge here. The guy signed off my, in front of my dad. She, the judge said that she's not taking no letter of hearsay. And I said, this is not hearsay. This letter is notarized and it came with a seal. They sealed the letter. In Antigua, there's the letter, this letter came sealed. But somewhere along the beginning of the case, it was not accepted. And like I said, this um, passport case turned into a custody case. Um, so I dropped the the, um, the passport case because, like I said, this was going on to I feel more like to embarrass my mom and like I didn't know who my father was and all of that stuff. So I left that situation. However, we went to mediation for this um, before we went to court. Um, with his passport thing, you know, during court. During the court, I did, um, at the time, let me just back up before I went to get a lawyer for this passport. I went to court by myself with this mm -hmm. position because I thought it was just going to be easy peasy, simple, dry. Mm -hmm. you know, because it's, I'm just asking for permission. I put everything out there. I'm not lying about anything, you know. So, but like I said, the way how it went, bringing up all these, like I didn't know my dad, I was like, you know, and 
stuff that started coming up in court, I was like, I need a, I need a, I need a lawyer. So mm-hmm. why I decided to have a lawyer during that case, the, the lawyer at the time that uh, my ex-husband um, had, she asked for a specific mediator because the judge sent back this case to mediation, this passport mm-hmm. case back to mediation. She asked for a mediation mediator. Um, she, she called the mediator by name. And exactly who she asked for, that's exactly the mediator she got. When I questioned the judge, like, is um, any attorney supposed to ask for a specific mediator that they need? This is not going to be fair. She said, oh, no, no, no. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's in a pool and um, they just pick randomly and, and stuff like that. It's just something that attorneys ask. Mm-hmm. I know that I wasn't supposed to do that. I'm not an attorney. Mm-hmm. But I work in corrections for years and I, and, you know, I'm not stupid. I know mm-hmm. what she was doing was wrong. You're not supposed to ask. There's no way that you could ask for somebody that is going to work in your favor and think it's going to be partial to both parties. It's, it would never work that way. It's not going to work that way. So right away, I went for, to get an attorney. But somehow he went to court with me and he just sat there the entire time through the mediation on his phone. He did take my money. I think I pay him like $5,000. I think, oh. I, yeah, I pay him $5,000. Yeah, and he sat there right through the mediation and he was playing with his phone. I don't know what he was doing on his phone. And then um, some point to the, the mediator computer breakdown, they start talking, very casual, him and the, the other attorney. Act, and then, you know, trying to make casual conversation with me. And like somewhere along the line, I think they forget that I was sitting there and they start discussing another case and how they're gonna handle the case. So, um, and he had told me the night before to stay quiet while this attorney speak. During this conversation, she started bringing up the that of abuse, that I'm abusing my daughter. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want me to say anything. But that was a setup for what they're going to use for this custody case that turned into a really mess. So just backstepping with, with the allegation. Before, before this um, mediation happened, my daughter was scheduled to go with her dad um, for weekend visit, which is scheduled from Friday, five o'clock to Monday, 7 a.m. Before that, um, so for some reason he didn't pick her, he said he had a trip to go to Atlanta, Georgia, which is like 14 hours away from here. So he didn't pick her up the Friday, but I you know, volunteered still to have him have her on um, Saturday. So I drop her off Saturday. Two hours after I drop her off, he said that she slept and she waked up and um, she had all these welts on her foot. My daughter's feet, both of her feet was covered in welts. And she said that mommy did it. Note, he did not take this child to the hospital. He did not call the police. He did some way along the line called DFS. When he realized that the next, the Monday when she came back to me that I, call the police to make sure that when she's coming back to me that she didn't have any mark that Monday surprisingly when she came back she did not have any mark on her on her legs so but the officer that I um, encountered he still advised me to go to the hospital DFS was called again um, the, she was examined there was no marks so it was just like mysteriously if it was really actually marks or it was a marker I don't know but nobody really questioned it but it still went down as suspicious abuse, which eventually gonna turn that I did it. So this was one situation with um, 
with the abuse, like I said. So now they want to fight for, now he wanted to fight for custody. So before that custody case, he called me again. I drop her off on her, um, her drop off, which was Friday, five o'clock. So I drop her off two hours after he called me like around seven o'clock, told me that she's crying out for her head. She's crying out for her ribs. She's crying out for her face saying that mommy did it. Mommy hit me and all of this stuff. And I was like, you wait two hours to call me to tell me this. I did, you know, this didn't happen. So I called the police for a wellness check. So the ambulance got to his house before the police officers. He refused to open the door for the ambulance driver. I don't know what conversation he had with this ambulance driver, but this person, this individual, this ambulance guy called my phone to tell me that um, I should not be calling the ambulance because where my daughter is, they have responsible adults. She's with her father, that's her father time. If something is wrong, he feel that he needs to call the ambulance, he called the ambulance. I did not need to do that. I don't know why he feel he need to call me, but mm -hmm. that's, what he, that's what happened. So he called me, so somewhere along the line, I guess he still wasn't opening the door and a female police officer showed, showed up. So they went over, they checked, nothing was wrong. So just to be on the safe side, my daughter was escorted to the hospital, AI DuPont Hospital, and I was not informed um, that she was being transferred eventually to the hospital. Nevertheless, um, the police, the this female officer, she called me, she contacted me, she let me know my daughter was fine. There was no um, abuse um, reported. She was, um, she and she, assure me that she was um, seen by a forensic nurse and everything was fine. There's no, um, no marks or anything. For somehow this same case with this mark on the face and the ribs went to court, even though there was no report, no police report stating that my daughter was not abused, no doctor um, co-signed that my daughter was abused. This was accepted in court. He took, this, he took some pictures of my daughter's face saying that she was hit on her face. There was no marks. You could never see marks on her face. Um, no police report again. No doctor's report verifying that. Um, Jesus Lord. She, she was, um, she was, she was yeah, DFS report. No DFS um, report. The um, verifying that my daughter was abused. Um, then along with that same, allegations that he made that I physically hit my daughter. He made a video. Um, my daughter was at the time, I would say probably two. She was, two. she was two, couldn't speak a proper sentence, couldn't make a proper sentence. Um, and he was doing most of the talking in the video saying that, oh, oh, he touched me here. He touched me with pointing to her crutch, her vagina and her butt, he touched me on my butt and my vagina. And um, my daughter cried the whole video. She didn't say anything. She cried the entire time throughout the video. She cried, you know, because she knew this, this didn't happen. Mm -hmm. This person that you accusing didn't do this to me. He did not call the police for this report. He, DFS, was, DFS was not called. There's no doctor's report verifying anything. She was not taken to the hospital. So none of this was verified by any professional. So all of this was accepted in court. All of this was accepted in court, even though no professional speak, there was not no evidence, nothing to back up what he was saying. And as far as I'm concerned, like I 
spoke up and I was like, you coaching her what to say. So the judge turned to me, you coach her too to say that he cut your hair. And I was like, I never coached my daughter. So this is more serious. You accusing somebody of touching you, touching inappropriately that can send them to jail. And you think this is okay? This is not okay. I forget at the moment that she was a judge. I was like, mm -hmm. how dare you? How dare you? Mm -hmm. How dare you? So all of this went on for two years. My friend's name was written in every court document that he was touching my daughter's vagina. He was doing stuff inappropriately. And note, nobody never spoke with him. DFS never came to speak with him until, you want to talk? Until this year, he was at my house helping me with something. They came for a different incident. And he happened to be my house at my house on June 8th. On, I would say June 8th of I would say around June 8th, around June 10th, he happened to be my, by my house when the DFS worker come out. And that was the very first time in two years of his name being dragged through the mud in court that a DFS worker spoke with this man. Mm -hmm. You know, with this judge letting this go on, this does make her a child abuser in a black robe. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes. uh, okay. And, and, you know, um, one other thing she take my daughter from me, she asked him, who's going to help you with this child? He said, it's 80 years old father, eight zero. I said to, it to her, I said, his father have a lot of ailment. Mm -hmm. He's he, he, he cannot, um, help with a, with a, with a, with a toddler. I am the judge. I do what I want. See, very I, scary. So. He said his 80-year-old dad going to be help looking and along with his 60-year-old niece, which is also a child that's going to help take care of her hair, which never happened. Mm -hmm. So his father passed and I didn't even know hmm. until my daughter, um, like, you know, she keep coming with all her hair cut and I was like, where's your grandfather? Your hair keep cutting, your, your eyebrows keep cutting and all of this stuff is going on at this house. Like, where's your grandfather? And she laid on the floor straight and showing me like, you know, with her eyes closed, her hands to the side, her foot stretched out. And I was like, is he dead? <laughs> and I was like, she showed me he's dead. So who is looking? My daughter. Mm -hmm. So at some point, her brother, which is now 17, apparently somewhere along the line, he was babysitting my daughter by himself. <laughs> mm -hmm. My daughter was complaining from a very young age, running and screaming because mm -hmm. she did not. First of all, she didn't know them. They were not involved from a very tender age, running and screaming to go to this house. This time when she said, mommy, they're not nice. They're not nice. I said, what do you mean? They're not nice. But I can't expect her to say anything because she didn't know how to speak. They're not nice. They're not nice to me, mommy. They're not nice. That's all my daughter would say. They're not nice. This time I go to drop my daughter off, Marianne. Mm -hmm. And I could hear my daughter screaming mm -hmm. from miles. With my, even though I had my car window up one time. And I could hear, even though my, my window was up, I could hear my daughter scream. Scream. And that had to That's happen. Right. Like I said, you give him custody. This child never spend no more, much time with you more than an hour for which you was not even consistent. They have months. 
I have, even when I show her calendar, they have months that you was not even consistent with your, with your two hour visit. Mm-hmm. Months went by with phone records that I show that you, did, you never contact me. Months, I was going to the, the doctors by myself, even though we had an app. Yes, he was, he, you know, the, the app would alert him every time we got a, 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 a visit, but he never showed up to any of them. <laughs> so with all this screaming and, and stuff, and then my daughter was getting nightmare, was jumping out of her bed, mommy, somebody, you know, I dreamed that somebody put me in a closet and pulled my pants down and doing stuff to me. Mm. So I took her to her doctor and I had a child psychologist at Neomori. Um, you know, they set up an appointment so they can have session with her and stuff like that. But they already didn't want to get into the sexual stuff because they didn't want to go to court. So they just did like a little therapy session with us, you know, to try to get her to adjust with between both homes. So I was penalized for that because I take her to the psychologist and I didn't tell him anything. No, mm-hmm. he was not involved in any of her doctor's appointments. So he claimed mm-hmm. that I was not telling him about any doctor's appointment. So how come if I wasn't telling you about any other doctor appointment, how this is the only appointment you know about? You was being alert from this app mm-hmm. that every, mm-hmm. mostly everybody in Delaware uses near Morris, that he was being informed of all the, um, the appointments that was going on. So I was penalized for that, for not communicating with that. So um, with the hair cutting, when I bring up about the hair cutting, my daughter here was almost five inches long. Now it's probably what an inch or half inch long, if so much with all, that's how much hair to cut out. The judge says she don't care about no hair cutting. I said, in my culture, we don't cut little kids here, especially girls. She don't care about my culture. That's what she said. She don't care about my culture. Well, does she care about the child's self-esteem when the child goes to school and she's got a shaved head and half an eyebrow? Apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently not. So, um, apparently not. My daughter had like patches of hair missing. And because they're not, um, nobody's looking into it and they claim that um, it's not something reportable. DFS is not something reportable. So they do, they're cutting her hair as they maliciously at their free will. Then one time my daughter had like my initial M um, kind of um, inscribed at the back of her head. They have all types of zigzag stuff going on. She had her hair cut all above her ear, ear line, straight down to the back was clean out. The front is shaven out. So mm. all, all of that stuff was going on. Her eyebrows, part of it was shaved out. Um, design made on her eyebrows. I said, suppose now that you cut this child and that's exactly what is going on now that's exactly what Mm -hmm. is going on she had like over two or three incidents where um she was cut and nicked by this machine or whatever they're using to cut her hair so when i bring it up with the daycare they said they they don't report it because it didn't happen there it didn't happen there my daughter recently she still have the scab mark which didn't um fully heal at least two inches long on, mm-hmm. on her forehead, on her line, on her hairline, where she got cut from that machine. He told me that she bumped her head on a, um, on a swing. You know, Mary Nika, um, when the daycare said, well, it didn't happen here, they are also participating in child abuse and that could open up a lawsuit. Thank you. So, um, but 
you know, everything, I don't know if they're afraid of him. So everything that he says and um, tell them to do, they, they go along with it. Even when I just started, when she just started the daycare, um, when I go to pick her up, the, the, the supervisor at the time, because she just suddenly miraculously um, just quit the job or leave her or whatever. Um, she said, oh, you don't have right to pick up the, the child. You don't have right to pick up this child. I said, this is my child. I have a court order visit to pick her up today. I had my ID in my hands. Oh, well, I have to go and ask the father. So she went outside and she talked to him like for a good half an hour. And I, you know, I let her, I didn't say anything to her. I didn't argue with her or anything like that. She, this woman went to court and said that I went um, to the daycare and I refused to um, give my ID and all of that stuff. I said, why I read her. I did not respond to her back verbally. I put it in writing. I said, I worked for corrections for over six years and they're very particular, they're stickler for ID. Anybody come on that ground, you, you have to present your ID if you don't work there. Even if you work there, you still right. have to get your identification on you. And anywhere that I go for daycare or anything and did not ask him for ID, that raised my eyebrow because I, was, I would think, like, wait a minute, anybody could walk up in this daycare? So she went to court and lied and said that... Um, I didn't want to present my ID and I created a promotion. And even with the, she, she started the daycare in June and I never get, like they have a tadpole app with all the activities that are going on. They never signed me up for that tadpole app until late August. So all the activities that was going on in the school, I was not aware. So when I'm dropping my daughter off on the days when I have her, then I'm realizing, oh my God, she have this going on. She have that. I have to be running back home, running back to get bathing suit, running back home to get this. And they claim that, you know, all of that stuff was presented to me. It, it, um, all the flyers was all around the classroom at the door, which wasn't true. Mm -hmm. And my sister who don't live in this country, she came last summer to, um, to spend a few time few weeks with me so she was a witness to that we had to be running back and forth to get bathing suit when it's water day and all of this stuff I was not informed of anything and to besides the father once he gets sole custody took my name off of everything like I don't exist like I don't I'm not alive even not, even at a hospital they take my name off of everything I don't know how come they did it but my name is not on anything I took my daughter to the hospital I had to re to present my information back again because they delete all of my information like I am not alive like I'm not this child's mother now when we were talking earlier you suspected that the judge and the opposing attorney are in collusion together yes, which always happens yes um, they were she was she was addressing this attorney by her um, like a nickname, Brooks. She didn't say a counsel or anything, you know. And um, how unprofessional. Yes, the, the way how they were addressing each other, and then they were laughing and giggling. And then when the judge talking to me, she and my ex husband they having their own side conversation and laughing and and you know having their own conversation. Very disrespectful. Very very disrespectful. Um, she's very passive aggressive. His attorney very um, passive aggressive. Um, and even when, you know, that I have had a, an attorney at, along the way, this young black attorney, um, she was very disrespectful to that attorney, very disrespectful, the way she spoke to her and, you know, the way they come across. And it's like the, she and the judge was playing tag team on the girl because that girl did, she wasn't, um, experiencing family law. 
she was not experienced. She waited, I get, give her my money and, you know, come to find out she was not experienced in, in family law. So she, she didn't know how to count to them. She didn't know how to deal with them. And then, you know, she, I guess she didn't want to step on the toe for knowing that a judge, like, um, kind of like budding up with, sort of, with, with the attorney. So she was, you know, I, I, I don't know if she was afraid or anything. But um, this this is just like a whole disaster. Um, like mm -hmm. I said, um, when I go to the attorney too, and I give her like to appeal 18 pages of the temporary custody order of all this accusation, accusing my family, accusing my friend. She sat that attorney that I had took my money and she sat on my on that case for for days. And then she came back and told me, you know what? You have to follow the order. She never attempted to appeal it or anything like that. She never appealed it. She just took my money and she was never following up with anything. She was just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe her, but she did not do anything. Even though I did all the legwork, I didn't do anything. So at some point they sent us to, um, for co-parenting counseling. During the mediation mm. for the passport, we went to co-parenting counseling. One thing the attorney that I had at the time, even though I, I think he was crap, um, he did tell her, his attorney, which is Laura Brooks, to have for her to choose three different um, counselors that we, we, both my ex and I can choose from because she had mentioned in court that she knows someone. And he said, mm. no, don't do that. Let them choose, give them three names that they can choose from. Somewhere along the line, that went through the window after court. The same person that she recommended, the same person that she wanted, that's who we end up with. Trying to get on back to the attorney that were representing me like, listen, what you recommend didn't happen. We go into this counselor and I don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable with somebody that you choose, that she chose. She's going to do whatever she wants in favor of her client. These people, these people that she know, this is people that she deal with. I do not feel going, feel comfortable. Anyway, I end up going to the co-parenting class. So we started co-parenting class and my ex started making all these accusations, telling a lot of lies. And I, and I said, listen, I said, if we are going to co-parent, you do this class and be successful. You have to be honest. We have to be forward with each other so that we can move forward with, move on. Mm -hmm. But if you keep coming and lying here and keep accusing me, we're going to have problems. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I tried to prove myself, like, you know, bring text to the, the counselor, like, look, you're lying about everything. And that counselor told me he don't give a fuck if you don't mind me expressing what he said. He told mm -hmm. me this exactly. I don't give a fuck. I am a counselor. I'm, not, I'm just here for you guys to work this shit out. And that's all I'm here for. I'm not no fucking lawyer. I don't have time to go through. No paperwork, none of that. You didn't want to hear the truth. And I just watched him and I said, okay, you didn't want to be here anyway. I said, it's not a point that I didn't want to do this class. I did not want to do a counseling with somebody that his attorney chooses. And who uses language like that? That's very unprofessional. Yes. <clears throat> I, I wrote a complaint to the licensing board for the psychologist department Good. here. I never got a response. Every letter that I wrote complaining about things that they have done in this case and the way of the man and how this case was handled. I have not gotten any response. I even write the governor. His office write me back and said they don't do anything with this. 
when they're supposed to. But I write the governor, I write the ACLU, I write the commissioner for DFS that with investigation, the way how they were doing the investigation. I wrote the Supreme Court, they said my complaints was frivolous, um, that I don't have no basis um, for saying that the judge was biased and, and all of that. When she, when I did have proof, like because I wanted to change from this concert to another concert, she said, seeing that I want to change, I'm going to have to pay more majority of the money to whatever other counselor. So he ended up finding a counselor and the, that counselor, she, um, the judge ordered that I pay $80 and the father pay $20. And she said that her decision wasn't biased, right? Right. I am on disability. He's, I am paying. She ordered me because I wanted to change that I am gonna pay it and he only paid $20. So that never worked out because the pandemic came in that counseling never um, thing. So, but anyway, eventually turn around flip that I'm refusing to do co-parenting, which was not the case. Mm -hmm. Just tell me when to stop so I could give everybody else the time to, you know, so we can all chime, they can all time. Just tell me what time I'm working with Mary. Um, it's it's so, okay, we have about 20 minutes. Okay, well, let me give, let me let um, my friend speak. I, I just got from here. So I'll let him speak. Hello. You know. Hello. Hi. Okay, go ahead, Professor. Um, we work on something. I, uh, I've, I've been in this little girl's life since she's about two months old. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just let somebody else speak. Okay, how about the Rhonda. lady in the, yeah. If, um, you know, he got me emotional. He got me all emotional. I'm the aunt. Mm -hmm. I live in Anguilla. And I just feel so helpless whenever my sister calls me because mm -hmm. I am did not have these at the time to at least come to be a support system for her. And we have the same father. Mm -hmm. So I only thing I could do whenever she wants financially help, I try to do the best I can mm -hmm. because that's my sister and that's my niece and that's our only child. And I'm a mother. I know what she's going through. Mm -hmm. And I only last year, I got a visa and the first place I went, I went to spend some time with my sister and get to know my niece. Mm. All the video that when she making the exchanges to the father, she mm -hmm. video the child crying and it mm. breaks my heart. It breaks my heart many times where she said, I'm a parent, I know what it is. Mm -hmm. I know what it is. And every time she get these kind of things, she call me any time of the night, anytime I say, call me, I'm there. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really mind-boggling to know what kind of man this father is. I don't know. I can't understand this. I can't, I can't put my finger to it. And also, the judge is also a big problem. Uh, this judge, yeah. is a whoever she is, is a child abuser in a black robe, along with that opposing attorney. It, it, it's it's I don't know I, I can't I don't know what to say about this case I I I don't I don't I don't I can't it's 
I can't explain. I can't. It, mm. it, I didn't expect this was going to get this emotional. <laughs> I, I, Mary I understand. Lisa, I you know, Nick, but, yeah, like how you comb your hair. Tell you, comb your hair nice. Charlie, we online. Stop. Let's man. Just go ahead. <laughs> Just talk, say what you want to say, Auntie. You want to say Marnica? anything? Yes. Marnica, this is Nila. Yes. Simon. Hello. I'd like to speak. Hello. Good, mo good morning. Good morning. My, my name is Nila Simon, Marnica's aunt. You know, mm -hmm. well, one, one of the things I have to say about the investigation is so unfair, one-sided. Mm -hmm. right? When Marnika gets all these problems, Marnika call me any time of the night. If it's two o'clock, one o'clock, I'm sleeping outside because I don't want to disturb my husband. Mm -hmm. I just want to be in spirit to give her support because I'm not living near to her, right? Mm -hmm. On one occasion, the sorry, first of May, made a complaint to AC. DFS. DFS. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, um, one of the employees caught the, the person asked me, said she's going to report it to her boss, which and she did. And a worker called me back the next day. I told him what I knew. And he said, if I know about anything else, let's call him back the next day. I did call him, yes. Mm -hmm. But he went to court saying that I was speaking, I'm speaking with a deep accent. And he didn't un understood a thing that I say. Right? <laughs> and... On one occasion, right, the next occasion was day, I spent a week with her. And Gazelle was to speak with her father on the phone. Gazelle cried. Don't call cried her. And cried. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry. She cried and cried. She didn't want to speak with him. We went to a store and she met a stranger and she asked him, do you like weekends? The guy said, yes, because I have to work. He said, I don't like weekends because I have to go to my dad. Huh? Hmm. When we, um, she said, her father, she told me her father's make her grumpy. Hmm. But certain things she said about her brother, you know. Mm -hmm. It really break my heart to know our father is allowing these things. Some nights I cannot sleep. I mm -hmm. cannot sleep. I cannot take it. Yeah, it's it's um, the injustice of not getting justice is what's causing you know what? your sleep and anxiety. Right. I, you know, the last time I went to court with I went to court. We stood out there for 20 minutes. Then her father, his lawyer, spent 20 minutes with the judge. 
after mm. the case. After the case. After yeah. the case finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone but, needs to know that this is going on a lot in every courtroom across the United States. Yeah. And, but, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. One other thing that I I I want to um talk about um mention that you know that I had to go through with me writing all these letters and how things was handled. I became targeted, targeted to the point that they have all type of cars was coming to my home. They were following me everywhere mm-hmm. that I go. I was going to New York to visit in, visit my family. They had one guy follow me from Delaware all the way to New York, all the way to New York. I'm gonna tell you about one other occasion that I call the police officer to report all these cars that are coming to my house. He said to me that nobody came out of the car so they're not a threat to me. And I said, listen to me, I was a trained police officer. I was in correction. You do not tell people what is a threat to them. When he came to my house, all he was concerned about where my cameras were pinging and he was concerned about two vehicles. He was concerned about a black pickup truck. Um, he wanted to know if I have pictures of that truck, which I did. And a white car, which I believe that car belongs to the Department of Motor Vehicles where my daughter filed work. So he was using a work vehicle to come to my house. <laughs> so that's the two vehicle. And um, so the, the police officer, asked me where my cameras were spinning from. And I said, why are you concerned about that? I said, let me tell you something. I said, whatever you're thinking. I said, let me tell you something. I live here alone. I said, anybody coming in my house, I know where they're coming from. I said, they may be able to, if they come more than one, they may be able to kill me. But you guarantee that all of them are coming, they all are not gonna go out. He said, I'm going to my, um, to my, uh, partner outside and come back. He drove away. He wrote a report and presented to court in my case. And all he wrote in that report is the extent of how my shoulder got broken. I don't know what it had to do with me abusing my daughter, but that's what he did. Mm -hmm. The judge's assistant at one point followed me around in a store in BJ's. I give the date and time when this guy followed me. None of that, all of that I put in my complaint when I complained to the Supreme Court, none of that was addressed. None Mm -hmm. of us, none of these staff was removed. All of these people. And at one point his attorney even went to my house. When I go to take her picture, she drove away fast. All type of people were coming to my house. What I did to stop them, because I know the police wasn't gonna do anything. I had a 52 by 52 board um, cut out and I spray paint my house is being stopped look out for lingering cars and that's how they stop coming in that mm-hmm. much of a drove but they still do come and not another encounter I had with somebody following me I almost got run off the, ho- the road like three or four times once with my daughter and like three other times with my mom in the car People, somebody nearly run us, run us off the road I'm going to tell you I encountered when I that day I said it's either die or I live Last year, around November, I went to do a late shopping, you know, to do Christmas shopping. They had this vehicle. This guy was following me around in the store. And I said, you know what? I don't feel comfortable. Time for me to go home. I got out of the store and I didn't realize. I didn't see that he was, I didn't notice that he was following me. So I got in my car 
and I'll pretend like if I'm going straight for some reason, I don't know why I did that. I pretend like if I'm going straight, but then they had like a little side street that I could have still cut off and come, come cut off the highway and um, come home. So I cut off. So he thought the way I was driving, you know, that I was going, keep going straight. So he jumped in front he, with his car. The car it was an older lady, just cut off the lady so he can get on the cross street with mm-hmm. me. But until that time when he did all of that, I didn't realize it was the same guy. So I saw this lady, thank God she didn't panic because that would have been like a three car car crash. Anyway, I keep driving and I was like, who is that person? This person keep coming in the same direction. This person living mm-hmm. in the same development as me or are you following me? So I started driving slow. I said, let me see if you follow me. I started driving slow, the person slowed down. I started driving fast, they started driving fast. I said, okay, you drive, you following me. You, mm-hmm. you follow me. So I make sure, I didn't think about calling the police. My motive that day is that I was gonna live. Mm-hmm. I was going to live that day. So mm-hmm. I made sure my door was locked. I look at my car, make sure that I had enough gas and I was ready. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I sped off and I went, I ended up on a cul-de-sac. Thank God that day before, the day before I went on a cul-de-sac, my daughter and I went on in that area walking mm-hmm. and we got lost walking because we didn't know how to get out mm-hmm. so but anyway i had to walk i had when as i drive i had to walk in my mind at the same time how i got off of that cul-de-sac thank god i went there the day before because they would have killed me on that cul-de-sac they would have killed me that day mm-hmm. was two of them in the, they would have killed me or i kill one of them i am telling you I, so i walked back and i said you know what but like i said Thank God. But I made up my mind that day. They were not going to kill me. Mm-hmm. I was trained how to drive a car, a car at 120 miles per hour mm-hmm. through police training. And I said, that training came back to me like no, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to whip my car. I know I'm probably going to end up with a broken leg. My car is going to be seriously done, but I am not going to die. Mm-hmm. But thank God I get off the cul-de-sac. I lost them. I came back on the highway and they were trying to figure themselves out. So I saw them and I came. I saw my neighbors. So I said, if, any, if they keep continuing to follow me, I'm going to stop right by my neighbor because they were outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, these people were coming to my house. That's, they were following me everywhere. But they were coming into my house. This well, time this, my this, mother was here with me. She was looking mm-hmm. at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock. Sometimes time like, no, they're sitting out there. And this area is not a busy area. You, I take my phone outside, my street, nobody park on the street. Everybody park in a driveway, driveway. Mm-hmm. Nobody park on the street like that. And even if they have four or five people park on the street there, I know them. I learned this street. They make me learn everybody what time people go to work. I tell you one night, I said, you know what? I know how to, to wake up. I set up one night for two weeks, set up two weeks in the night. And I watch and I know when my neighbor's going to work. I know when they come in at night. I know when they're going in the morning. So I know how to differentiate my neighbor's cars from those cars that was coming here. So I knew. Mm-hmm. Those people don't know how much I study them. I study them more than they study me. I knew when they were following me. They're still following me up to this day, up to yesterday. And this is what happens to a target parent. In, even when I talk in, in court, even when I talk in court about this, they said that I'm crazy, that I don't know what I'm talking about because they didn't want to know. That's because some of those people probably were their colleagues that following me. 
Mm-hmm. The judge did say, if you know, when um, with a mental health evaluation that they sent me to do because I was talking about things that are going on with my daughter, um, the judge said, if your client have um, money to pay from for private detective, he can pay for mental health. But this was more than me- private detective. This is like the whole of Delaware was coming to my house. Mm-hmm. Everybody was coming to my house. His friends, his family, the, the family of the friends, and and everybody was coming to my house. They were following me everywhere I go. I was scared to go to the supermarket. I went to my friend off before he go to work. I would go to the supermarket. I never. I stopped going out at night. Mm-hmm. And everywhere I go, I look look around. They were going to his house. They were and uh, they have a next older gentleman I'm close to. They were going to the person, the the guy house. They were staking up. What are they looking for? And they're still doing it up to the day. Like I said, they're not doing it as is in the mass number that they were doing it. But it's the fact is you still come into my house. You still taking my pictures. You still follow me everywhere I go. You know? Hmm. It well, is unbelievable. So you have... You, you, hmm. Do you have cameras set up around your house as I well? Had, I had to, I had hmm. to get cameras. Mm-hmm. But I think what's his name? Um, my friend, he's ready now. I think he got it together. So I'm. I'll just get. Uh, just let him speak now. Okay. Just give him an opportunity. Hello. To Go ahead and Hi. speak. Um, I have two daughters, and if anybody, if I had an inkling of anybody doing anything to my daughters, I would have went to the police. Not one time. The allegations of me saying that he said that I. Uh, somehow sexually assaulted um, the little girl. Um, I would have went to the police. Not one mm-hmm. time in my house, anybody talked to me. Um, Marnika uh, came to me several times after uh, the allegations at the court house for me to uh, for me to get a lawyer. I called like three or four different law uh, lawyer offices. And they said that they couldn't do anything unless someone came to talk to me officially or I got arrested. Hmm. Now, he, I have been in law enforcement. I'm a corrections officer. I've been in law enforcement for 15 years. Uh, right. I, was in, I was in the military for, for 28 years. Um, I, I, I can't fathom to what, it, it, what, what his train of thought is, is like, I think it's jealousy, because so I think that the, the relationship that me and the little girl has, it, it's <laughs> she, she's like another daughter to me. My <laughs> even even my daughters and my and my family, you know, like oh you know, the, you know we got another little sister. Mm-hmm. That's how close she is to me and my family. And it seems when the your the child this little girl this five-year-old is happy with these other you know your two girls these people don't like it when mother has moved on yeah and and, and the thing is we're just friends we're not even in any type of romantic relationship we're just friends i've known marnika for like 12 years going on 12 years now Mm -hmm. um we're just, we're just really good friends. And, you know, the little girl, I hate to say that she imprinted on me. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it, to the point where um, I have to brace myself when I come, when she's here, I have to uh, brace myself when I walk through the door because she's running to uh, give me a hug. Oh, you know, and there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. And her, Marineka's ex is so jealous that I think he needs a psychological evaluation. And this sure. judge needs to be sure. removed from the bench Damn right. to ignore evidence. And she's not the only judge I have exposed on my podcast. Um, of course, I don't know this judge's name. Her name but... is Natalie Hashkins. And his lawyer ah, is ah. horrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes. The, the, and, and she, when, when they were married, um, she told me at one point in time that um, he told her that his family has a history or something like that with, some, uh, with mental illness and it skips a generation every now and then. Uh. So it might not have skipped him. Right. I, I mean, because like when they're going to court, when they were going to court and everything like that, it was like my name kept popping up, my impact cop kept popping up to the point where the judge said, I'm tired of hearing his name. Hmm. Yeah, because his lawyer was just going to court and say, oh, the child is sleeping with him. The child is sleep. He's doing this to the child. He's doing that. She was just going to say, say things. And then she keep they keep carrying me back and forth to court with the same thing over and over that they have no new evidence to prove anything and then coming back with a co-parenting class it, we so we move on to a different co-parenting um counselor because you know the issues and stuff and they claim that i was refusing so because that was one of the reasons she said she gave him sole custody because of lack of communication because i was not communicating with him mind you he left me abandoned me with this child when she was two months Mm -hmm. and didn't look back then mm -hmm. i even though i show her how many missed visits he had even though when he, when he asked for two hours and he was he was available to do more than two hours because he was doing at a job he had at the time was a 12-hour shift when they have like four days on four days off um but he only asked for two hours and he was not consistent so months would pass by and he was not consistent he didn't call and then suddenly now he he wanted he want full control. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just a bad parent. And if I was abusing this child, you leave her with me when she was two months. There was no allegation. There was no issue of this child being abused from two months up until the time when you want to come back. All of these different allegations and stuff keep going on. I have my own home. I provide for my child. I, I have never been in trouble with, with mm -hmm. the law. I was in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. In 2014, mm -hmm. I left corrections to go and become a police officer. And right at a police academy, they broke my shoulder. I had the police academy. So, mm -hmm. but it's not like I can't provide for my daughter. It's not like she's not in a good home. It's not that I'm bragging. My daughter has everything that she, that a child would ever need in, in, in my home. Mm -hmm. Every comfort. You take this child and you don't ever have quarter to give. You don't take her anywhere. She was involved in swimming. She go to the museum, she go to aquarium, you don't do anything unless weeks before the court or you take her to the playground or the park just to show that you're doing something. But it's not something that you do consistently. 
Look, mm. look for example, this, this summer, he, he fought me for, um, I just simply asked him to switch the summer vacation with, with me because I wanted to sign her up for dancing. And she was fascinated about going to Disney World. But really and truly, I, can't af I couldn't afford to take her to Disney World this year because of mm -hmm. so much money that I have already spent with, with going to court. But my friend, he was going to sign her up for dancing. So he said, oh, I want August. So she can't go to the dancing. Mm. So we went back and forth with that for a while. So he get August, but he didn't do anything with her. She was staying with us. This strange woman that my daughter keep calling her Sylvia. Um, he took her for vacation. I had had her staying at this person's house. I asked him, I said, who is this person? Where's this person live? Where's, where's the, where's the person phone number? Oh, you don't have to know. I have sole custody. I have sole custody. So basically you're doing whatever you want. His attorney, she canceled my mother's day visit. Up to this day, they, I have not received any paperwork from the court. Why my mother's day visit was canceled. My court order visit, she canceled. So she said DFS. DFS didn't, didn't say that they didn't have anything to do with that. I didn't get anything from the court. My Easter, so every vacation court order holiday that I had for this year does this far has been canceled. And I was not given an explanation. I did not receive any paperwork just because he feel what? This guy is sleeping with my daughter or whatever um, complaint, complaint he has. Recently, like three weeks ago, a police officer showed up to my door. She come to, to ask me if my daughter is sleeping with, with this guy. And I was like, you was dispatched ready to ask me that? Hmm. And I was hmm. like, and I told her, I said, listen, I'm tired of these accusations. This is, this is, this has to stop. At some point, this has to stop. And I explained to her with the videos and she was like, he never called the police. So she left. So really and truly, I don't even know why she was dispatched to my house just to ask me if my daughter's sleeping with this guy. Hmm. But nobody's is... going to him. Nobody's right. going to him. Nobody's invest. Nobody went to him. Nobody like calling him in for questioning or anything and this this and every it was the first order the temporary order was 18 pages long where it accused him they accused my mother of slapping my my daughter they accused my nieces of cutting my daughter here which they barely come here like once every five years mm -hmm. um yeah everybody in my family was accused of one thing probably my if i had a cat and a dog they probably would have been accused to somebody here in my side of the family did something it, this but is nothing but harassment, Renika. You know. Then when they doing, then when it when DFS doing the investigation, they just talking to their side of the, his side or whomever they're talking to or if they're talking to anybody, but nobody's talking to my side. I think and this is what everyone needs to, to know. Side, yeah, sorry. yeah. So this is what people need to know is. A lot of the times with these CPS cases, they're only one-sided. Mm -hmm. Yes. What do you and, uh, he 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 had like he told the judge that he had uh, hired a private detective to uh, do a background check on me, or he did it did it himself. And the judge asked him, "Was like, well, what what was? Because I guess he's seen if I had been locked up or had warrants or anything like that." It's like. I couldn't have been locked up or anything like that because, you know, corrections, if you haven't found me or anything like that, you can't uh, be a corrections officer. And, and the military is the, the somewhat the same way unless the judge uh, orders you to join the military just to get you, to set you straight. Mm -hmm. And in, in the process of 
him find out. I didn't have any warrants. I didn't have any uh, uh, time locked up or anything like that. The only thing he found out was I had a, a speeding ticket. That's it. Mm -hmm. I just want to have a correction to that. So after when they take me for the custody, I went to get an attorney. So with, with the crying, with all the crying and all the stuff that was going on back and forth, I said to the attorney that I had, why don't you get a guardian malitum for my daughter? Why don't you request, you know, to the court? So you don't have to worry with that stuff. So her response to me was like, I owe her $6,000 after I already pay her, I think four or five. So she said my money, my 4,500 finished um, based because I was giving her evidence that she asked me for. So before I go to court in April for, for this custody case in full, she said my $4,500 was depleted just from mm -hmm. me giving her evidence. And for her to intervene or to ask for um, a garden malign, and which should have been in this case, according to Delaware family law, should have automatically be granted to my daughter at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was, it never happened. It never happened you know, until recently. So, what, so, when, so now when we go to court, so after this attorney fall off, because she wanted 6,000 at the time, I didn't have $6,000 to give her. So she withdraw from the case. Um, and his attorney, Laura Brooks, run with it. She now wants discovery. She wants me to do drug tests. She wants me to do mental health. She wants me to do all sorts of stuff. And I was like, you already get a discovery from the, from the previous attorney. And you do not ask nobody for drug tests because you, somebody said somebody's doing drugs. And that's what I know for sure. Because as a correction officer, I was the one who conducted some of those court order drug tests. And on those forms, specifically give a reason why you or why the judge order the drug test. For example, if somebody is a drug user, a habitual drug user, well, they're just checking the pH balance or whatever it is they want to, um, they did uh, impromptu drug tests at the court and they want to see the level went down or whatever. Those orders were specific, not because somebody just jumped up one day and said, oh, I'm going to just say this person is using drugs, so I want to drug test. And then you expect me to pay for all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. she won background check with everybody that's living in my home. So I said, who else is living in my home? Nobody else is living in my home. So she went to court. His lawyer, Laura Brooks, said that um, she asked for a background check and I never provided. I said, because I live by myself. So she said she wanted background check of my friend. So the judge said, okay, I'll do it. And she went into the Dell just or whatever, a little computer and she pulled up his record. As the judge, she pulled up his record. Oh, well, all you have is speed and ticket. So you don't have anything else going on. The judge did that. Well, yes, I'm so sorry. You know, and what I'd like to do is bring you all back on for another podcast and, and for an update in what's going on with you and your daughter. And I'd like to have you come back on. Can I say one thing before you leave? Oh, sure. Yes. Anthony destroyed Gabriel. Sorry. He destroyed her. She's been mm -hmm. molested, I believe, more than one person. Mm -hmm. So I would appreciate if this would come down him. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He's a child. Smart child. Wonderful child. Mm -hmm. 
all. Just move her from the home. That's all I'm interested. And with all the allegations that were going on with her brother and being involved with stuff, they never separate them. He lied and said it, that the son wasn't living there until when he ready to file for child support. Then suddenly his son is living there. Then come to find out the, the son mother that he have a long domestic violence history with living with them. My daughter said mm -hmm. to me this weekend, she said, mom, she sit there and she don't ever call for help when, when, when this boy is doing me stuff. She don't call for help. And then one point, because she didn't want me to know that she living there, they, they had my daughter calling her Alicia. When Alicia is not her name for months, saying that her name is Alicia. And her name is not Alicia. So no. they're messing with my daughter's psychotic mind and then saying that I, that she love her more than me, that I'm not, um, she's the best mom. One day my daughter mouth slip and call her name. And I said, you don't have to lie, honey. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. If that's who you choose to live with, that's who you choose to live with. But her name is not Alicia. You don't have to call her Alicia. You don't have to lie and say her name is Alicia because that's not her name, right? That's not her name. This is just a terrible case of child abuse that needs to be, you know, exposed. And I'd like to have you come back on. And um, I thank you all for being here to, to talk with Berenica and myself. So I thank you all. Uh, don't jump off. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Marianneka in the future and other exciting guests. Thank you again, Marianneka. You're welcome, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.